Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan all the way from Denmark. On the pod today, ahead of Celtic's Europa League tie, last 32 tie, we'll get the inside track from Copenhagen. How will Celtic approach this massive game? Will Neil Lennon stick with the 3-5-2 or can we expect him to switch it up a little? Um, but first things first, Swanee, how are you and how are things in Copenhagen? Okay, Liam, thank you. Yeah, everything's fine in Copenhagen, very similar to uh, Glasgow, very similar to Scotland. It's uh, dull, grey, damp, wet, cold. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just like home from home. Oh, Painting a, a lovely picture for the, the travelling fans. What can they expect? <laughs> in the, what can they expect in the city? Have you you had the much time yourself to to really have a, a look around? You've been there before. Uh, not as yet, not really at the time. It was it, it was uh, quite late on Tuesday night by, uh, by the time we arrived. So, um, Copenhagen is it's, it's typically Scandinavian. It's lovely. Um, there's, there's a lot of water uh, around the sort of main centre. Nice wee uh, maritime things, wee sculptures and statues, and nice wee cafes and things for everybody to go to. So, yeah, there's plenty of places to huddle away from the cold and. Uh, plenty to see and plenty to do so yeah the fans will have the fans will have a good time when they get here I would think I'm sure they certainly always do uh, just in terms of Celtic themselves um, I understand they're training at Celtic Park on Wednesday you expect them to arrive in Denmark later yeah this is just a tried and, uh, and tested uh, set up for Celtic now it was something that Brendan Rodgers changed I believe it was for a away tie uh, against Borussia Mönchengladbach maybe in his first season um, and he had said that given Celtic's away record in Europe, uh, was doing the same things all the time, clearly didn't seem to work so he was going to try something different and if memory serves that was the first time really that um, the team had trained in Glasgow in the morning and then they travelled to, to northern Germany that afternoon uh, and they didn't train at the stadium. They, uh, by memory, they didn't even go for a look. I don't think. Um, and that was kind of our first. And Celtic have kind of continued along that path now. And it's something that Neil Lennon has continued on. And given the fact that they've played what seven ties away from home in Europe this season, and only lost one of them, and that was the dead game in Cluj, then it's 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 a setup that's worked. They can obviously get a good bit of work done in the morning as normal in Glasgow, rather than sort of disrupting everything. And, Let's face it, it's, it's never really a proper session that 45 minutes in the away team stadium no. right before a game. So I think that's, I think they're, they're fitting on something now that's that, that's working for them. So same as, no point changing it. Um, big sale to get due here around about 5, 5.30 in Denmark. Um, and they'll, they'll be a media conference at the stadium, so there'll be a couple of boys there anyway. Um, whether the whole squad goes, I'm not entirely sure at this stage. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just, it's just normal prep now. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of touched on it there. Um, you know, the results away from home this season. There's certainly a different feel about these European away ties now. 
Yeah, they seem to have a there's a, a character about them. There's a composure about them. Um, there's been a couple of the ties, uh, certainly right off the top of my head. Uh, Sarajevo certainly, Ren, Cluj in the Champions League qualifier, Lazio lost the first goal um, each time, which in past seasons for Celtic had been a bit of a catalyst for losing two or three on the bounce. You know, they had you know certainly a couple of games under Brendan Rodgers, they, they would lose a goal away from home, club, they would be quickly followed by a second goal, mm-hmm. um, and they would find themselves kind of out of the game very quickly, but. There's a real calm about them, a sort of resilience about them away from home now. Um, and when they, when they do, when they have lost the first goal in games, they've, they haven't panicked and they've just kept playing and kept playing. And of the games I mentioned, I think they came back. They won in Sarajevo. They got the draw in Ren. They got the one-one draw in Cluj, and of course, famously, they won in, in Lazio. So the good thing that Celtic have got with them when they travel now is there's no alarm, there's no panic. If something goes wrong early in the game, it's not a catalyst for the whole thing to fall apart, which. Especially now that we're into the back end of the two-legged games, that's going to be a big feature for them. Yeah. So, what do you put that down to? Is it you know, is it comes since that Neil Lennon's taking over? Or is it just the fact that there's? Can you when you look at it now, there's a, there is quite a lot of European experience in the squad now, isn't there? You just nailed it, Liam. To me, that's what it is. It's games. It's just a played game of just guys like Forrest and McGregor and Brown. The amount of European football these guys have played, they know what it's all about. They know not to. You know, they've, they've, they've seen just a bit more things, you know, from the, some of the smaller Eastern European grounds to places like the New Camp. I've been there, I've been in them all. And I think it's just experience and calm and, and also ability. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got an ability to they can take the sting out of games away from home by keeping the ball, which is something that they never used to be able to do, particularly where they do that a lot better now. They can get passages of play where they're in control. So I think it's just experience and ability. It's just a mix of things. Obviously, there's more finishes in the team, but they've bedded in pretty well. So yeah. this season into the European scene as well. So yeah, I think it's just a, a combination of various factors. So with that in mind, how do you expect... Uh, Celtic to approach this game because you know we've seen there's a lot of a lot of experience on the European stage, but maybe a wee bit less so when it comes to the knockout ties. Um, I suppose well you can maybe take the qualifiers out of that, but the sort of latter stage knockout ties is maybe a slightly newer experience for some. Um, but you would probably consider Celtic favourites for this game. How do you how do you see them approaching it? I think they'll just play in another test. They don't tend to, I mean, obviously in a home game, especially in a group game, when it, normally you've got that, as much fear of the loss of an away goal, they would maybe tend to try and start really quickly, start that kind of positively on the front foot when they're at Celtic, but maybe a wee bit more reticent away from home, just to be a bit more cautious and try and build into the game. But generally, Celtic tend to play the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of where they are now I'll be down to the opposition and how good Copenhagen are and whether they are Celtic will look to get on the ball control possession and get a grip of the game early on that's what they'll try and do then it'll come down to how good Copenhagen are um, you know there was a situation earlier in the season when Celtic went to Ren and I think a lot of us thought that Ren having beaten Paris Saint-Germain um, recently before the tie would be you know, a real step up for Super Celtic kind of controlled the game in the mm-hmm. first half and they were able to settle quickly into it. Wren weren't good enough to knock them out of stride and that was really a game Celtic should have won, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I suspect it'll be something similar tomorrow and in a funny kind of way, it'll probably be down to Copenhagen how this game goes because mm-hmm. um, Celtic will probably try and play the same way and then it'll be down to Copenhagen how good they are. Can they rattle Celtic out their, 
out of their comfort zone and get them chasing around in areas they don't want to be. That'll be the that'll be the thing that we'll all have to look out for on Thursday night. Yeah. I suppose the thing is, Copenhagen been on their they'd been on their, their winter break quite recently. They've probably they've had a lot of time to maybe prefer sorry prepare for this game in particular. But the kind of thing about Celtic now, since they've come back from the winter break, is we've seen this flexibility and shape and formation. And uh, domestically, it's, there's been as we kind of discussed on here, there's been a lot of use of the the three five two. Is that something you mm-hmm. see them sticking with in Denmark, or can you see a Revert to the the four two three one. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Ah, um, definitely. I mean, try, try to say engaging the learning. I mean, he'll him and uh, him and John Kennedy and Damien Duff will, will be working on it, coming up with with something of what they think. My own personal thought is, I think they might revert back to four two three one. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as, as Neil Lennon has touched upon, and we touched upon in the pod last week, it's. A lot of it's got to do with personnel and who's available. To go to a four, you really need to have the right back there, which we did. They haven't had for a few weeks, really. Um, but Frimpong's back, and Christopher Iyer obviously switched to right back on Sunday at Aberdeen. A good effect mm-hmm. with Jozo Simunovic available now and near beat on that. They either of them could partner uh, Christopher Julian to help him go to four. I think there would be. Olivier and Cham has played really well in recent weeks and there's probably a reluctance to leave him out. But also, in the European scene, either Mohamed El Yunusi was, was good earlier in the season, but also Ryan Christie set a real tempo for the team. Mm-hmm. In Europe, the speed and the pace that he played at in the first half, it really got Celtic moving in, in a lot of the ties. And I, I wonder, with being keen to get Ryan Christie into the team and also to keep enchamming the team, mm-hmm. I suspect there is an option there to switch to four two three one, where he could play Christian Forrest wide and enchamming the middle. That, of course, would probably mean Lee Griffiths would be the one to drop out and just revert back to one striker for an away tie in Europe. But as Celtic have shown with that system, that four two three one system, it, it's one striker in name, but it's not really one because Christie and Forrest are so attack minded that mm-hmm. they can get up and join in. And, if you think about the game, for instance, in Stockholm, when Celtic went away for the playoff tie and uh, to get into the Europa League group stages, the, that they were dynamite. You know, the, 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 when they played that system, Mickey Johnson played off one side, Forrest scored, Edward was up front. So I think that's a system that's worked for them away from home in Europe. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he switched back to that, uh-huh. just for a wee bit more solidity. But. Again, it'll come down to what Neil Lennon thinks of Copenhagen. He'll have looked at them, he'll have seen where they're strong. And while I'm not saying he will pick a team to suit them, I'm sure he will take Copenhagen's strengths into his thinking when he picks it. But certainly 4-2-3-1 looks quite attractive to me, away from home in Europe. Yeah, I think I certainly agree with you there. Uh, in terms of, you know, you started off... Which means you'll play 3-5-2. So. <laughs> ah, exactly, aye, aye, of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned that Jeremy Frimpong could come into the team um, so obviously he's not played in Europe yet so it'd be another potentially big step for him Yeah and given the fact he's not played much football obviously since that injury to Marmot, that would be a gamble mm-hmm. um, my own thought would be if he did go to the four he may consider playing Ayer yeah. the right back I mean Chris Ayer's done it before and, and he's good at it mm-hmm. you know it's not a big change for him, he can do it. Also, what it would give you 
is additional height at set pieces. Um, if you have Simunovic, Orbiton, Julian, and Ayer mm-hmm. all in the, all in your defensive setup, because like most Scandinavian teams, Copenhagen will be relatively good at set plays. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, just another aspect of how that would help. Yeah. But, uh, I think it would be a gamble throwing Frank Paul straight back into the team. So obviously, Neil Lennon's the one who's seen him every day in training, yeah. so he'll know how, how much up to speed he has. We'll get more of an idea when we speak to the manager tonight. True. And it has been, I think, what it is about Frank Pong, he's kind of continually defied expectations, I suppose, hasn't he? Because there's been, obviously, he, you know, he burst into the scene um, when people were thinking he was maybe one for, for next season or, you know, whatever. And then he's kind of sort of continually, as I said, defied sort of expectations. So, I mean, even though we don't expect him to maybe to come straight back into the team, it wouldn't be a, a huge surprise if he did and he excelled, would it really? No, circumstances kind of fallen in from Paul's way this season. Um, obviously, he was doing the business in a, in a development team and in the younger side and in training. Um, but obviously, it coincided with an injury for Hatem El Hamid, who had been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, in his first sort of three, four months at Celtic, he was really coming strong. Um, his performance in Lazio on the night he got injured was, was terrific. Um, so, circumstance worked for Frimpong. He got the opportunity, he's taken it. Um, and I have no doubt if he gets more chances again, he'll probably excel again um, between now and the end of the season. But whether just pitching him into an away European tie on the back of not having played for yeah. a month and been out injured, I'm not sure whether that's the mm-hmm. way they'll win it'll go. And just moving on to Copenhagen themselves, what can you what can you tell us about them? What what have you what have you learned? They're having I mean they are expected to be and from speaking to, to various guys in Denmark, the ex players and um you know, they have become a, a similar model to Celtic in a way, you know, they're, they're buying up some of the younger Danish talent now, trying to sell them on. Um, there obviously had been uh, have been sort of kings of the country for a while, but Mitchell and are now staking the claim and obviously they made their the first back in the league on mm-hmm. Friday and lost it away in Esbjerg and now seven points behind Mitchell and now so they're not the dominant force anymore. Obviously there was we arrived here in Denmark on Tuesday night to discover that the team's top scorer, uh Cyprian striker uh, Sotirio, who'd been sold off to Celtic's old European foes Astana and Pakistan. <laughs> so yeah. That was a bit of a surprise, but when you speak to most of the ex-players um, that we've spoken to for the newspaper and various articles that we've done so far, they're very big on uh, the, the, the striker, Damon Doy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very experienced, 34. Uh, Senegalese, he's played in the Champions League with, with Copenhagen. He is kind of their, their talisman. He's, he's strong, he's, he's quick, um, he's got power and he can score. And I think he's a case he'll be the man who'll sort of lead them. Um, Stal Solbach and seems well in public he seemed comfortable enough with the sale yesterday anyway, mm-hmm. even if he did admit frustration, but I guess what is he gonna say yeah. uh, against these board? He's not gonna come out and go ballistic yeah. two days before. So um but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of onus now placed on, on Dam and Doy mm-hmm. uh, for the tie. So he's gonna be a big test for, for Christopher Julian, I would have thought. Christopher Julian will hopefully relish the the, the physical battle that, that this guy's going to uh, going to pose him um, should be a good battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're not they're not the dominant forces in Denmark that they once were. But uh, 
they'll, they'll still be dangerous. They'll still be dangerous in their own patch. No doubt. Celtic know that. They were beat here the last time they were here. Albeit it was a few years ago. But it's, a, it's an impressive stadium. It's going to be sold out in the parking. So it should be a cracking atmosphere. And again, it'll just be about how Celtic, how quickly they can adapt and, and camp Copenhagen down. Yeah, you you, you kind of you picked out Ndoy and Julian as a as a key battle. Um, there, I suppose that is maybe kind of arguably mean this perhaps the the one area um, where Christopher Julian hasn't always excelled since he came to Celtic. Those big kind of physical battles we've seen it with against Lyndon Dykes uh, at Livingston earlier in the season. Um, do you think they might try Copenhagen? Might try and target that? I mean, obviously. You know, it's hard hard to tell at this stage, but it will be a test for them, I suppose. Yeah, it will be. It will be. I mean, if if, if yeah, if, if they've done the homework, I'm sure they'll, they'll maybe look at that and see that that's that's something they can that, that they can maybe try and exploit. Uh, Julian certainly has improved on that score. He certainly got better. Definitely. Um, and his early weeks, and he did say himself when we spoke in Dubai, it took a, a wee bit of time just to get up to speed of how the Scottish League was and how he was expected to play every week and now he's got a lot more now he's got a lot more used to it. He seemed to really enjoy even though it was a kind of different style of, of physique, um, mm-hmm. he seemed to enjoy the, the battle with Curtis Main on on Sunday up at Aberdeen. So Definitely. um um it will be very important for Celtic that he stands his ground and deals with this guy. Absolutely, mate. Again, thank you very much, Swanee, for joining us all the way from Denmark there. Um hope you enjoy the game but that's all from us this week uh, you can catch us again next midweek to discuss all the latest from Parkhead if you want to find the pod you can get it on Acast and iTunes and you can also rate us on there as well thanks very much for listening Acast